Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. Of course, I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am so happy that you tuned in today because we have a very special treat in store for you. Uh, Today, my guest is Rami Bueller, and Rami is a holistic animal health coach, and she is basically like, well, you remember Dr. Doolittle? Remember that, that, uh, that movie, Dr. Doolittle? Well, this is the female version of Dr. Doolittle, I would say, and and then some, and then some. And she's joining us from Brisbane, Australia. I want to welcome you to Out of the Box with Christine Rami. Welcome, darling. Oh, Christine, great to see you. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure because you're talking about, um, we're going to be talking about some things that are very, very much a favorite on my list. Um, and the, the work that you do and how you came to do it all, we're going to we're going to cover all of that. But again, I just want to say thank you so much. You've been on one of my dear friends podcasts and she told me all about you. So I'm happy to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So um, uh, when you're at a party, do people say, what is it that you do? And you say, <laughs> I talk to animals and they go, did you have too much to drink? No. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> is this something talking, communicating with animals? Is this something that you've always experienced even when you were young or is this something relatively new in your life well I just want to backtrack because you just reminded me of something when you go to parties and how you introduce yourself because my husband takes great joy in introducing us to people we don't know when they say you know so uh, what do you do it's like well I'm in construction and my wife is a witch she talks to dead people and, you know, you get the look from the people say, oh, do I, do I smile politely and walk away or do I engage in some kind of interesting conversation? Um, so it's kind of funny. But, I love um, that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, you get a great reaction. Um, look, I, I was born and bred in the country in Western Australia and I was um, brought up with sheep and, you know, cats and dogs and donkeys and that type of thing. And. And while I don't recall communicating with them as a child, um, whenever there was anything that I needed to discuss, I would grab a dog and I would shove him under my arm and take him somewhere quietly and we'd have a chat. And I'm sure um, dog would speak back, although I can't remember that. So I guess fast tracking to now, it's probably um, 15 or so years that I knew that I was, I've always known I'm intuitive and I consciously worked with intuition within any job that I had and life for the last 15 or 20 years. And then my husband got um, cancer. He got secondary cancer and was given a fairly average um, prognosis. And so I left work straight away and I said to him, we've got an anxious dog And there's this thing called animal communication that I read about on Facebook because Facebook's great at dropping stuff in your feed. And they must have overheard me going, God, Kenny's so anxious today. (laughs) (laughs) The algorithm heard you. Yeah, 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 they heard me. 
And so I, I said to him, you should learn this thing and um, sort him out. So I bought him some books and I found DVDs back when DVDs were a thing and Google links. I sent all of that over to him and he did zero with it. And so I brought it back to me and I thought, well, I'm going to read it. And I was just, oh, it's like a drug. I couldn't get enough of it. It's like, oh my God, that's just amazing. Oh, they can do that. That's incredible. So I went and found myself a mentor and, uh, and she gave me all of these test cases I didn't really even know what it meant. And she said, I'm going to send over some telepathic images of some of my clients and I want you to tell me what you see. And I'm sitting back, I was on the other side of the country and I was sitting back there thinking, oh, I feel like I'm in, you know, some college exam and I'm about to fail. And I, and I just sat there and then all of a sudden <clears throat> I was getting all these images and words and feelings and, and it was just kind of banging out 500 miles an hour. It's like, oh, you know, this, 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 and this. And she's like, yes. And you saw more than I did. Um, off you go, set yourself up as a business and start doing it. And so I said, okay, then. And I did, because <laughs> that's <laughs> what I do. I say, okay. And I go and do. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. So that was probably nine years ago, I guess, um, when I, you know, because once I realised actually how it looked and what what it was all about, it's the same as people, just slightly different conversation. That was um, my next herbal. question. That was my next question. Is it just animals that you um, that you work with or or humans as well? No, I do humans as well. You can't get away from humans, can you? No, you can't. When you are one. Right. <laughs> I kind of I got to a point where it's like I don't even know what I'm doing am I doing people or animals I love animals animals is my passion they need a voice they need me but the people ah. Oh. and then I thought I gotta go I've got to make a decision here because I was stuck right. in this fork with one foot in each road and uh, so I decided animals it was a bit of a no-brainer but also animals are cared for by people so I'll do yeah. a reading for for an animal and then I'll be doing you know I've got a bunch of clients in um, New Zealand and, and in America with horses and so we talk to the horse and then we talk to the the young um, teenager or a kid that's riding the horse and then we're talking to the mum and then the brother will walk in and he'll want to know something so it's kind of right. some of these sessions just become like a big family affair with dogs horses and the people well and because we're so closely associated with our, with the animals that we have in our lives um, I can imagine that are especially the ones that are with us all the time if it's a cat or a dog right who's you know like they sleep with us sometimes and they're yeah. just around us all the time that they pick up on our energy that they pick up on our if we're sad or if we're hurt or if we're sick they pick up on that I know it's not like a simple a sympathetic um thing but I know even with my little uh my little Bodie who passed she passed um was it oh two and a half years ago I think she passed she turned 16 and then shortly after that oh. she, she left um but this this dog was just so connected to me so much so that when I broke my leg in two places which was that hurt like hell I can imagine it was the most painful thing I've ever gone through but when I had returned from the hospital and I was at the house um my little toy poodle little black toy poodle Bodie um one day I saw her and she was like 
um, limping, like one leg was up and she was like limping. And I was like, what happened to you? What happened to your leg? Like (laughs) what? And there's no place that she could get injured because it's just my little house and then little backyard. And there's, there's nothing she can injure herself on. And so I looked at her paw to see if she was stuck on glass or something. And I just said, no, I don't think that is the next day. It was the other leg, right? She was kind of Mm. doing that. And I just made that intuitive thing of like, she's feeling me and picking up on my injury and maybe being sympathetic to me or empathic to me. But um, after that, she was fine. She was running around and everything was okay until when she eventually passed. But um, our animals are very connected to us, aren't they? Oh, they, they really are. And actually, I just had a, I had a um, session with a lady just before we connected today and um, her dog has this crazy uh, Doberman, a beautiful dog, very goofy. And they're moving house shortly. And she said to me, um, Willow is this, the name of this dog. Willow's just been, you know, grabbing pillows and, you know, shaking them till they just kind of burst and make a crazy mess. And, you know, how is she feeling about moving and all of this sort of thing. And, um, you know, underneath all of her goofy, crazy stuff, she's actually a little bit anxious. So once you get through the, you know, the crazy dog, so, okay, let's have a look at the true essence of this dog and what's going on with her now. And I said to, said to mum, it's like, she's, she's got a little bit of anxiety actually. And, um, you know, she's not really sure. She knows there's movement and you're showing her a new house because you've been talking about it to people in your house and, animals are telepathic they'll read the images in your mind and um so she knows she's going somewhere but you haven't spoken to her about it and and you need to talk to her about it as well include her as a part of your family and also how's your anxiety levels because she's picking up your anxiety and not knowing so she's got your anxiety that she's feeling and her own because she doesn't know where she's going or what's going on so and she said, oh, yeah, we are exactly the same. I'm highly strung. She's highly strung. I'm anxious. She's anxious. I changed my mind at the drop of a hat. So does she. And so, yeah, I said, well, there's two things. We do a little bit of mirroring, but like also attracts like. So we do often end up with animals that are very much like us because they kind of choose us. Oh, I 100 million percent agree with you on that um, because our well and cats I don't know cats are different I think cats are from a different planet altogether (laughs) but I mean I know with dogs I know that the 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 dogs that I've been so blessed to have in my life um they do they 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 do pick up on you on your personality and I am actually a very calm I'm not a excitable uh you know person I'm pretty chill um you know for the most part I'm not um super anxious but I I do know that um, they also tend to not that the not that like my little toy poodle looked like me, but there were characteristics that it was like, yes, you're my baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was from the moment because she was all black, beautiful little when I saw her, she was a puppy. Um, She was born on the 22nd of September and 22 is my magical number. and I think at that time too, I was with a, my partner at the time and she said, you know, don't get too attached to this dog. We're just going to look, at it. <laughs> we're not going to, you, you know, it could be something wrong with it. It could be the runt or it could be. And I said, of course, yes, of course. And then as soon as I saw her, I was like, sold. 
yeah she came up and just was on my chest and, I, and then I said when was she born and she said the 22nd I said it's mine it's mine Give me. yeah 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 do you want to think about that for no no we don't want to think yeah. about we that. don't want to think about that oh man so so I love stories I love to hear the stories I and mean, I'm sure in your almost close to a decade of working with animals that you have some pretty amazing stories um and I and I hate to ask you to pull um uh, one or two of them out but can you share some of the uh, maybe more amazing cases that you've had? Um, it doesn't have to be an exotic animal, but just something that really stuck with you that you can share with us. Oh, yeah. There's probably many, like you say, and there's, you know, bits of lots of sessions that are always pretty fascinating. And, um, you know, just talking about the emotional side again, because animals, you know, they are sentient. They do feel the same way that we do they're a lot um, better at processing emotion than we are, but there was this beautiful little pony and her name was, or it could have been a he, whatever, it's a he or a her, his name was Wheat Bix. And um, it was a rescue pony, like a little tiny little Shetland pony type of thing and and um, had all sorts of health issues from wherever she came from with this rescue. And mum was just beside herself the adopted mum and she didn't really know how to care for her because she was on so much medication and you know the vet was really trying to get to the bottom of some of her issues and um, one of the things that she really wanted to say was that she was really really sad the horse was really sad and uh, her heart was broken from her history she didn't want to live in her history. So she was just really going to say this once and move on. But she didn't want mum to have her heart so openly broken as well, because she was trying to build her own courage and move on with her little pony life. And it was she was finding it really, really difficult seeing mum crying and just being beside herself every time she saw Weepix because Wheat Bix wasn't getting any better or she had created some new kind of health issue had come up. And, and I think that was really important. It was, I, I see it quite a lot really, but it's like really try and contain your own emotions around your animals and especially if they're high end um, and anger the same, but that was just, it was just a beautiful um, reminder, I think to me and to mom and to everybody else that, you know, we we don't really think too much about what's going on uh, with our emotions and the energy of that and how much that transfers into it. We were just talking about anxiety and things like that. But this this pony was very, very specific. It's like, please don't let your heart break on top of my heart that's already broken. I need to mend my heart and I can't do that while yours is, you know, so topsy-turvy. Um, so I really loved that. But you know, so many, so many animals, cats and dogs and horses to a degree too, but cats and dogs particularly, um, so many digestive issues that are causing so many problems because we've domesticated animals and we're feeding them a way that they shouldn't be fed and they have all sorts of problems with that. And so that creates, you know, issues with just their physical energy and their emotional energy and all of those things as well. Um, they're not really stories, but just kind of um, 
things that come out of pretty much nearly every session I have with a cat or a dog will always go back to the stomach and the small intestine and whatnot. Um, there was a funny cat in America. This cat's name was um, Indy, I think. And it was really just like, it's like, oh, the first thing I tune into this cat and it turns around, literally turns around and shows me his butthole, tail in the air, and here's the butthole. And it's like, okay, then um, I'm not really sure what to do with that. And I'm not really sure why you're showing me your bum, um, but, you know, we'll move on. And, um, and what was happening with that was the owners had had a bit of a problem with this cat for quite some time, a couple of years. And so they used to call the cat the R. And so, <laughs> so this cat was showing me the R because that's what the owners had been calling her. And, um, you know, there were some problems because they'd, they'd bought a dog and the dog was getting a whole lot more attention than the cat and the cat was becoming an R. So, you know, we kind of solved that problem. They thought, yeah, we probably need to give Indy a whole lot more attention uh, now that um, we haven't been for two years. So yeah, you know, there's some um, there's some great there's some great stories. There's there's another cat also in America who was not long off being put to sleep, and the vet just could not come to a resolution on on this vomiting, this vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. It was was getting to the point where this cat was losing so much weight and was just really really unwell, and so. I had a reading with this cat, with this lady, and I said to her, first thing, as I mentioned before with food, it's like this, whatever you're feeding this cat is not good. It's like going in, coming out, and um, has, is having quite a reaction. And, you know, of course, a lot of, a lot of our processed food is very, very toxic with, you know, insecticides and pesticides and flavors and colorings and all this sort of stuff that we have in human food. Um and was reacting to it. So she took my email off to the vet and the vet said, you know, and having an open-minded vet is few and far between. And I absolutely love that this vet took the time to read my email and said, get this cat off that food instantaneously. And there's an animal naturopath, you know, up there somewhere, um, go and see them. And um, so the cat, this is probably two years ago now, and the cat is flourishing as soon as the cat went off the food, everything changed. And so, you know, that's what I say. If you, if you first thing before you even go anywhere, if you've got a problem with your animal, start with nutrition. Wow. 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 You know what? And you think, you think about it, the, the commercial cat and dog food is horrific. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really is. I think the, well, I know like the first year, year and a half when I had my puppy, um, I had read that um, a raw food diet would be best don't, not to do the commercial kibble and the commercial canned food. And so I did that thing. It cost me a little bit more money, but I did the, the raw meats and then like shredded little carrots and little zucchinis <laughs> and, <laughs> and mixed it all up and everything. And that dog was the healthiest dog ever never had a problem well went full 16 years never a problem no, yeah nothing never not even a cold or sniffy or whatever you know nothing yeah. 
Um, so it is so important. You're right. It's absolutely important um, to think about. It's the same with us, with humans, right? It's what you put in us is going to affect us. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to eat McDonald's every day, all day, do you? Ooh, and that's what, we're, that's what we're feeding our animals by we're processed food. We're feeding McDonald's. Food. Oh, man. You're right. Okay. Um, now, when you were talking, one of, one of the things that kind of uh, came up to, uh, for me, too, was um, what's the most exotic animal that you have communicated with probably the most exotic is really just for my interest not because someone has come to me I'd yeah. love to work with wildlife you know a zoologist or or you know someone in research um and so many you know a cassowary up in Queensland um emus snakes octopus have you um, sharks have you communicated with a snake i have i i went to a sanctuary what does a snake say <laughs> yeah well and you know what i was really surprised actually because i went to this sanctuary and i thought i want to go and talk to all the animals in there and see how they like it and see what they think of their life yeah. and their food and yeah. you know why they're there and that and so um off i went and there's you know, kangaroos and there's cassowaries and there's emus and dingoes and whatnot. So I spoke to all of them and um, I went to the snake area and being from the country where there was a lot of dugites, which is quite a poison snake in Australia, I wasn't really a fan. Snakes and spiders have never been my number one animal on my love list. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I don't need to talk to the snakes, but I felt obliged to do that. And there was a red belly black snake and a um, a python. There was another one as well, but I think I only spoke to the two. And this red belly black snake was in this little, I don't know, perspex thing, container. It's not a container, but the cage thing. And a water bowl. And, um, and this snake was really, really grumpy, really grumpy, did not want to be in there at all. Um, and the snakes that I have spoken to, I've spoken to a couple else out, outside of that, you know, they can't stretch out in some of these places. And that's what they We've want. got a big, that's... long snake. They want to move in their yes. big, long way. And they're stuck in this, this oh, small area. Tank. Yeah, yeah. And so they've got to curl up or they've got to, you know, do get fed whatever they get fed by the people feeding them. And so this snake was really, really really grumpy and didn't want to be there um the python was the python that was used for the photos for the you know drape around the neck and you know <gasps> oh, here we are with the the photo, snake. The, the touristy for yeah photo opportunities right? yeah the touristy photo opportunities and i really wanted to talk to that one particularly because i wanted to know how they felt about that and he didn't like that either he didn't want to be manhandled he'd had enough of that and he understood sort of why it was happening but he he didn't like it he didn't like being pulled in and out and you know in someone else's time frame right just um you know and and just that whole idea of being manhandled so not wow. they're not fans of being cooped up in their little cages no Did, the uh were the sanctuary where you were um were there any of the animals that were happy or like yes yeah yes. they were and you know I have to say this sanctuary is absolutely immaculate the people are amazing it is beautifully clean and maintained 
And it's a sanctuary for bringing in wild animals that can't live in the wild anymore or they're getting rehabilitated to go back out. So um, those places, you know, they are, they have value. So I went in there not with a mindset of being annoyed in advance of animals being held captive. Um, So there was, there were two cassowaries in this sanctuary and they'd been there for a long time and long, I I think, and and it's a bit rusty, but I think one of them has been there for 30 years. Now, cassowaries, for people that don't know, are the most magnificently colourful birds. They are two-legged like an ostrich or an emu, um, and, but they're just stunning. Google it and have a look at one of them. But uh, So one of them had been in another um, zoo somewhere, I think, in Australia and had been brought in, and one of them had been hand-reared by humans but the problem was it had been feeding, they'd been feeding him the wrong food. And so for that cassowary to go back into the wild, it wouldn't have survived because it doesn't know how to eat what it's actually meant to be eating. But that's that one was really, really annoyed, didn't want to be there. And that, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge area because, again, these animals love to run. Um, but it was a big area and had a beautiful sort of tropical garden and a pool or a water area they can sort of have around them. and. And one of them saying, oh, you know, stop complaining. You could be, it could be worse. Like this place is beautiful. And the other one's like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, I'd rather die. So there was a bit of contrast there between those two. Um, there was an eagle there with a broken wing. And that eagle was just, you know, not angry, but well, probably a little bit angry, but distraught, just didn't want to be there, rather die than be there. Um, there were three dingoes there. One of them absolutely loved it, loved being part of teaching the children because, you know, it's the, oh, wow. they take the kids around from school, yeah, I guess, yeah. and, and do educational stuff. So one of them really loved it. The other one didn't really care either way and one of them didn't want to be there. So they're all kind of individual, I guess, like us. You know, we all have our own ideas of what's a good life and what's not. Some people and, love to be around kids and some people don't. Yeah, <laughs> so that's some true. Some dingoes like that's to true. be around kids and some <laughs> dingoes don't. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. and and you're right. The 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 rescues and the sanctuaries that um that take animals, especially when people think that they can have like a bear in their living room or a tiger, oh, and then yeah. um, it, and they have a wild animal in their home or their apartment, and then um they're taken away, and rightfully so because it's you should no one should have a, a wild animal as a pet. But um, those those animals, obviously, they can't be just released into the wild. So a lot of times if they're taken to a rehabilitation place or especially if they've been injured and things like that, I'm so grateful that they have those um, those sanctuaries. I, I know that like and also as an intuitive myself, I never I I couldn't bear to go to a zoo when I was young. Um, that really bothered me, even though there were school like um outings that we would have yeah uh, field trips and we would they'd have field trips going to the los angeles zoo and things like that and um i just couldn't i just it was so hard for me to to go to that especially in the primate area like with with like gorillas and and monkeys and things like that too because they were so much like like humans as well you know I, i saw that connection but the thing that really bothered me as a child 
um, I think they've changed a lot of it now. There's a lot less of them, but were these things that these traveling circuses that used oh, to yeah. come into town and um, the, you know, the elephants and things like that, uh, the, the lion tamers, you know, they would have that. Yeah, people have visions of that. But the thing that really bothered me was the, and I remember seeing it. And after I saw that at the circus, I, I, I never, I said, I'd never wanted to go again. And it was the, the bears and they had bears, yeah. um, you know, standing up on balls and jumping on, you know, things. And, um, they had a, they would have a collar around their, their neck and, a, you know, like a chain on them just in case, you know, in case he went crazy, went wild. Um, but that, that bothered me so much. And cause I think at that age too, when I went, I could, I had empathy and I could feel yeah. there. Yes. It's not just the humiliation of having to perform and the, the fear of the trainer or the, you know, whoever's working the tamer, um, mm. whoever's working with them, but what happens behind the scenes to get them to do that, to get them to do those tricks and things like yeah. that. That's what I felt. I felt the terror. So to yes. Speak. Yeah. Um, so anyone who's watching this on YouTube, the podcast is, um, of course, on, on YouTube. Uh, and also, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast or as the radio show, um, I'm going to say it. Please don't give your money to, to circuses and, and things like that. <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that, especially if they have, um, you know, animals uh, in captivity there. I love Cirque du Soleil because it's humans doing tricks. <laughs> There's no animals doing tricks. It's human tricks. So Cirque du Soleil, yes. Other places with animals, no. Okay, that's my public service announcement for for that. Yeah, um, ditto from my side. Okay, okay. Just what, what you said. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so um, so a great deal when you're communicating with with the animals, and and of course communicating with the people that are the parents of the animals, saying what's uh, what's happening. Um, you have um, also this really beautiful gift about medical intuit intuition and not only knowing what it is that's bothering um, the animal, um, but also what to do about it. Um, did that come naturally for you as well, along with just um, being able to communicate with the animal in the first place, but knowing sort of what the issue is physically uh, or medically? I guess it's of no surprise, really. There's two things I do, medical intuition and um, intuitive investigation. And as a kid, I was always interested in finding anything that was missing. I was like the greatest hunter of missing things in the family. So that and then as I sort of got more and I played sport um, from a very young age on a competitive level. So from that, then I became interested in the human body and I studied various um, physical therapies and sports nutrition and natural nutrition and sports injury management and things like this, which is all about anatomy and physiology. So I'm not a vet and I'm not a doctor. I don't know the intricacies of an, an animals or a human body, but I know um, enough um, to know where everything sort of sits in the body and what it what it does and to a um, to a degree. And so when medical intuition kind of landed on me, that was kind of a, a no surprise either. And 
by landing on me, I just mean, I can't even remember the first time, first case that might have been, but it went something like a friend had a problem with her cat or dog and I just knew where it was because I felt it. I have all of the senses. I'm very visual. I hear, I know, I feel, I taste, I smell. So I have all of the senses and I usually um, see and I will feel as well at the same time. So um, whatever was going on with that animal, I saw where it was and what it was and I could feel what it felt like on behalf of them. So I thought, oh, well, this is really interesting. Um, Let's just kind of do a little bit more research into medical intuition. And I did some training with Carolyn Mays and Norm Shealy and um, which was fantastic. And of course that was medical intuition for people, but it translates to animals um, in exactly the same way. And so what I do with that is I usually just, um, I also have a great interest in Chinese medicine and medical Qigong and the emotional part of the body. So when I do medical intuition, I look not just at the physical organ or the physical part of the body, I'll ask to be shown the emotional side as well and get the connection there. But you know, just kind of, I have like an etheric x-ray machine that once I get permission from my animal, I take them through that. And then I have a big screen that sort of sits in front of us. We go, we walk into our room together and we sit there in front of our screen and we go, show us the most important thing to see today, because there may be several issues that peel back the onion. You just get one at a time. And an animal can block information as well, because if an animal is due to pass, you know, their own life path and that sort of thing, if they're going to pass and they don't want to be fixed or, you know, whatever age they are, because it doesn't necessarily mean old age, then they will block information. You won't be able to see it or they'll send you up the garden path. They'll show you a problem there when it's really somewhere else. Um, So that can, that can throw things a little bit, but, you know, I get shown an area of the body to look at and then I'll feel whatever that feels like. I have symbols for certain things like um, high blood pressure in a person or an animal. Well, I will see a heart jump up, low blood pressure, it will drop down. A heart murmur has a feeling and a sound and a a kind of a fluffy kind of noise to it. And, um, you know, leukemia, I kind of see like this white blood and cancer is black and it's hard and it's brittle. So I have some symbols for certain things as well. Um, but having said that, like I never diagnose, like that, that is not my position to do that. But I get information enough that can hopefully help someone to then go back to a vet or a doctor and go, Hey, can you follow this path? I like to see medical intuition as a last resort. I'm probably the only medical intuitive that thinks that way because I'd rather someone go to the professionals that have all the testing equipment. They've got the experience, the diagnostic techniques. You go there first. And if they have gone to five vets and they still can't get an answer, then they come to me and go, okay, well, let's let's go through and look at every single bit and piece and system of the body and see what we can find but and how, then go how back. How great would it be if, if vets, if the, if you went to the veterinarian with your, uh, your, your pet, who's not doing well. Um, but if that was part of the, if that was part of the diagnosis or part of the, um, the examination, you know, not only, well, 
the symptoms and the signs. It could be this or it could be that. Let's check this out. But at the same time, also, um, let's bring our, you know, medical intuitive, our, our empathic, um, you know, um, communicator with animals. Let's bring them in and let's have them have a little chat and see if there's something that I'm missing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't spend all this time and money and hours and hours trying to figure out what is, you know, wrong with your, your little baby. Um, Yeah. No, there's like emergency medicine, of of course, like when, you know, yeah, yeah. There's a broken, broken bone or something like that. It's it's an obvious thing. It's like, okay, that's, you know, that's not, or they got, if they've been, you know, bitten or things like that. Um, but oh, I have so many questions for you. Uh, um, well, I have, I have a dear friend. I have a, a dear friend who I have a, one dear friend who is a medical intuitive, um, world renowned medical intuitive does, I think only humans, maybe she does animals, but pretty much, um, humans, her name's Kimberly Meredith and, right. um, and she's brilliant. I'll, I'm going to hook you guys up, but I, um, I also have a friend of mine who is a, um, um, a, a trainer for dogs mostly, but as she says, it's not just dogs, it's training the, the humans, yes. right? It's more training <laughs> the humans. The humans. <laughs> yes, it is. But you know, she says that she's a dog trainer, but she's really a human trainer who, who, who humans who yeah. have pets, uh, have dogs. But, um, uh, what was my thing? I was going, Oh, was my, my brain was going everywhere. Oh, um, are you, able to also find out when so when they have behavioral issues so if they're a barker or if they're a biter or um things like that you're able to to find out hey you know hey um spot what's going on <laughs> nobody calls their dog named spot i don't know anybody they, that's called they their dog used named spot. They yeah, used in the to. 60s and the 70s <laughs> yeah. that's all the, the booklets that we would read but um but yeah fido whatever um are you so you're able to find out like hey you know what's happening with your why are you behaving that way yeah yeah absolutely and that's um you know behavioral issues are probably some of the number one you know that whatever sits under behavior but you know people often come because the dog's doing this you know the barking and the jumping and all that sort of thing or the anxiety the fear the aggression you know aggression and fear uh, are closely aligned most things come from fear um you know cats not weighing in their kitty, kitty litters and and all that sort of stuff and and so you can you can ask them you know, why, why are you doing that? Animal communication is really at its core is getting the why. It's not necessarily about then having a conversation and going, well, you know, we don't really like that. <laughs> you need to change that behavior because that's really annoying mom, dad, you know, whoever. And then the dog will go, well, give me a good enough reason for that. And we'll go, well, this is the reason. Um, and then they get to decide whether they're going to change or not, just as though you'd you'd tell your child or your partner, I don't like this behavior. And then they go, well, I think it's okay. So fine with me. That's your, pro- that's your problem. Fine with me. Yeah. So it's, you can negotiate and then they still get to decide whether they change or not. And sometimes we just get to management. We can do everything we can. We can get the best trainers in the world and animal communicators to find out the whys. And then we just got to manage this issue. So you can ask, you can, find out why they're doing something and then then you may also get some ideas on solutions a lot of behavioral stuff i find with horses is usually pain it's like a, an injury there's lower problems with the lower back 
or there's problems in the withers or the saddle doesn't fit properly or, you know, horses don't like bits. They don't like metal in their mouth. So, you know, things like that. I don't like, like that. metal in my mouth either. No, well, it's highly who, unnecessary. Who would like metal in the mouth? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't fit. That's not a natural product. Yeah. No. Um, oh, my gosh. Are you able to, okay, so I don't want to put you on the spot here, um, but are you able to just look like if I pulled up an, a, a cat or a dog, are you able to like communicate with it or do you need like time and like tea and, you know, like you need to and curl like, my hair and yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you need to prepare for it? Oh, look, have you got one? Just throw it up. Let's see. Okay. What Okay, I've got one now. So, so folks that are listening to the the radio broadcast or the podcast, you're not going to get to see this. But if you're um, if you miss it and you want to see it, you can check it out um, out of the box with Christine on the YouTube channel. Um, and I'll I'll you get to see a member of the household here. So, um, I'm going to get I'm going to get one of our little babies, and I'm not going to tell you what the issue is because they all have issues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're really going to throw the test in now. I'm not going to say if they want is. to talk about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they may not. Okay. And, um, but, but let me go grab one and, um, okay. And I'll, I'll hold on one second here. Here we go. Now, now this is Snooky. And Snooky's not going to be able to hear you because Snooky doesn't have the headphones on. <laughs> but that's probably a good thing for Snooky. What a beautiful face. All right. So we need to, um, Listeners, listen to your on hold music while I just take a moment to just connect with Snooky and see what's going on. Snooky's a boy? Yes. Oh, I'm hearing this very kind of guttural noise coming out of Snooky, like a ooh. Does Snooky make noises? <laughs> He's very vocal. Yeah. Snooky is saying, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> you worry too much. I don't know what your problem is. Cats make noises. I do things like every other cat. I am no different. Has Snooky been spraying? Yes. Oh, oh, he's like, I want to get down now. Yes, he has. Is this the problem that we're talking about today? Yes, it is. <laughs> I just oh, you're got a, good. I just got a lovely little vision of that. Um, does he make noise when he sprays or is that noise nope. a separate little thing? No, he just finds a nice little thing like, you know, a bag, clothes. Oh, awesome. A mattress. Yeah. A person. <laughs> turns around yeah. and lifts his tail yeah yeah because it smells good too oh, um, <laughs> all right Snooky, why are you doing that what's your story buddy well he's very cross when he does that he's quite cross and i mm. see see the little feet going cross 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 little stampy stomps not getting attention oh Feeling a little bit left out. Yep. Have you been changing furniture around as well or moving things or cleaning? Yes. So when cats spray, 
cats don't usually spray inside the house. Um, but when they do, it's really to make a point. And <laughs> he's made a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it can be when we clean because we're cleaning off all their markers and they've got a remark. <sighs> so we're cleaning their markers, you know, particularly if you're moving house or if you're getting a bit nutso on a spring clean and you go crazy with your, your vacuum cleaner and your duster, um, they will remark their areas with spraying as opposed to rubbing the side of their mouth and just you know what does it mean though when they because our son um our our son Millen is really uh, Snooky's dad I mean Millen worships the 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 ground the cat walks on loves this cat more (laughs) than anything in the whole wide world absolutely loves this cat and um the other day the cat was you know on his bed and basically just turned around and and sprayed him spread him you know right in the bed um and that was a shock to him because he loves this cat yeah um but was that him being cross at millen like being mad at him or just messing with him (laughs) no he's he's cross let me just see how old is millen is he at school um no he's he's uh mostly here at home but he's just starting going to university he's 18 I was going to say, because is was he would he have been on his bed studying or writing or something like that? Not paying attention to the cat, but studying or yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. that says not paying attention to the cat. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, so here's the thing with um with sort of talking to animals. You've got to talk to them in images. Where you, and you've got to use words that create the image of the behavior you want. And what we do is we say things like, Snooky, don't do that. And what we're showing is Snooky spraying. So we need to use the words that create the image of Snooky not spraying. So what is that? <laughs> and this is for any behavior, whether it's barking or jumping right, exactly, or, right. or whatever it is. So um you know, you can you can relate it to to toiletry habits. It's like go to your kitty litter. I mean, this is marking, so it's slightly different. But you know, it's um, you, we basically don't want to say don't, no, I'm... stop, shouldn't, and oh. it, all of those <laughs> negative words that we come out of the womb with in our heads and our mouths. It's like it's like talking to kids as well, talking to your children sometimes, right? It's the same thing. Um, I would I would imagine, although animals are. If they're telepathic and they are seeing in pictures and not hearing in words per se, um, so you also have to visualize like the cat actually not doing that? Well, you can. See, what happens is you're automatically doing that. So if I say to you, remember the first car you ever had? You can't, you can't not visualize that. It's in your mind. If I say green apple, a green apple is in your mind unless you've never seen a green apple. Um, it'll come up in your mind because you can't stop it. So while we're speaking to our animals, we're just going vision, vision, little running video screens, and they're going, oh, mum says it's okay to do this or mum says it's okay to do that, so I'll keep doing that. And so we need to, for the behaviours that we don't like, write them down, spraying, barking, jumping, X, Y, Z, we write them down. We write down next to that, how are we currently addressing that problem? What do we say? What are the words we use? Stop spraying, Snooky. Don't spray or don't do that. And that is creating an image of Snooky spraying. And Snooky's going, well, 
probably two things, A, I don't care, and B, (laughs) mum said it's okay. So then we want to create the image of snooky not spraying. So we write down and then we just practice these words over and over again and make that our language, our new language, and it might be um, mark outside. I understand that you're not happy and I understand that you need our attention right now and we will give you attention and so, you know, and giving attention is being present. It's not just going, oh, pat, 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 while yeah, I'm still exactly. doing something. Right, right. Be really present with them and um, and just spend, you know, they might, cats don't need too long. She, he might only need five minutes. They're, and yeah, they're a little, um, little crazy that way. Like, yeah, it's just like, touch me, touch me, touch me. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so that, that's kind of good. The other yes. thing is, um, do you play with Snooky? Because I feel like Snooky might be a little bit bored. Um, I, I don't personally, um, Mill and May a little bit, but yeah, maybe they're bored because they're, well, they're cats. They sleep so much. So when they're not sleeping, they're eating or they're trying to be fed. Um, yeah, they want to, they, they're hunters, you know, they, they hunt, they kill or they hunt, they chase, they catch, they kill, they eat. And so when we domesticate them, if they're kept inside, they, they never do that but you need to replicate it. And there's some great toys at the pet stores. I love, I've only got one um, toy and it's all I need is like this fox tail. It's not a fox tail. It's just a pretend one on a stick. And my cat goes absolutely ballistic. I had a cat that used to grab the toy, drag it upstairs at 2am in the morning and you'd hear this clunk, 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 clunk up the stairs and this toy would drop on the bed between you. It's like, okay, I'm ready. Oh um, wow! Cats you. need to be played with because they get really bored. Uh, yes, they do sleep a lot, but they also need to exercise. So they, okay, so they yeah. need exercise in yep mental well, stimulation things that they, we think they need to only, catch and things that we think only dogs you know need or require. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. that's okay. That's good. Are you yeah. are you up for one more? Are we well in the household? We have three cats and a dog and two teenagers. So we've got <laughs> lots of animals here. Yeah. Um, but are, are you up for one more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, you know, then how's the group dynamic on the, on uh, the animals? Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. So stay right there. Hold on. Let me, okay. let me get the number two. Okay. Now this is, oh, this is Xavier. Oh, Xavier, you are absolutely beautiful. This is Xavier has come from Egypt at one point um many past lives this cat full of wisdom looks like a black panther for anyone that can't see Xavier oh how's this relationship with Snooky (laughs) a little Um, bit um well I think he he deals with him he's Xavier's very a lot older right um there's another there's another cat in the household that's a female um uh, sushi and she was very sweet apparently my wife says that she was very sweet and loving and would always you know like come up and even sleep with her and then when they introduced snooki into the house she just like she stays outside or she goes to visit uh, grandma, you know, she doesn't, right. she doesn't stay around a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and she's really small, petite. So, um, mm. but this is Xavier. He's like, I think he's like 
16 or 17, something like that. Yeah. Right. Have you had him as a kitten? Um, Tra- uh, the Tracy and the kids did. They've had him since he was since he was little. Yeah. And one thing that she's she's told me with uh, Xavier is that if you're stressed or upset or anything mm-hmm. like that, he'll make it a point to come and yeah and be right on you. Yeah, yeah. And that is to for his purr because I don't know if anyone got a just a little hear a sound of that a minute ago, but Xavier's purr is so healing and this is this is what i say like he's this cat is old and wise and has got healing in his genes and so when he lies on you and i see him um, lying on the chest area um, the vibration that comes from his body when he purrs and what i see what he's showing me here is that he can change the tone and the, um, oh, this is interesting actually because he's saying the, t- the staccato of it. Now staccato is like, you know, how do you describe that in musical terms, like um, short, sharp sort of beats. Right. Um, and a purr is not necessarily a short, sharp beat. But he's showing me here that his his purr is very deep, very deep, like a deep, deep baritone singer and um, loud. So it's got a loud feeling. And that is to break up. This is really to break up sadness and trauma and heartache around that heart chakra and also coming down. If he lies in the right position, it'll also come down over that third chakra, which is also about your um, relationship with yourself and your self-worth and your confidence and whatnot. So he tries to lie as long as he can to heal as many chakras as he can. And I'm going second, third and fourth, if he can lie across those ones and coming up into um, this throat chakra as well. It's like his mouth is on the throat, but he can change his tone and his vibration to suit each part of the body and I'm going you know because your organs have a frequency and I'm just going to make this up because I actually don't know I can't remember that what I read but let's say the liver vibrates at 56 megahertz um he and a diseased your your liver is not functioning so good and it might be say 20 he will change his vibration in his purr to help lift the vibration of the liver so it can come back into homeostasis and heal and the heart. So it's not just the chakras, even though the, the energy centers of the body govern the physical parts of the body, the emotional, the past lives, all that kind of stuff. Man, this cat is intuitive and can I have him? Can you send him up? <laughs> I want your cat. I don't know that my cat would like that idea, but your, your cat probably wouldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to put him down because yeah, you- <laughs> he's a, he's a therapy cat. Hi darling. He's um because he's 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 um getting up in the years. He has a little trouble walking. You know, he's a, it's stiff, a little stiff kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, he kind of walks like John Wayne. Which, yeah. Well, I I liked John Wayne back in <laughs> he his kind day. Kind of saunters like that. <laughs> he kind of saunters and very vocal. Um, 
five o'clock in the morning, uh, he wants to be fed. He's very, 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 very vocal. And we'll just kind of go, you know, we're not ready yet. <laughs> we're not ready to get up and feed you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, you were, you were amazing. You were so spot on. And especially with Snooky and the spraying, you just kind of knew that that was, did you see him spray in your mind? Yeah, I did. I saw his, I saw his two back legs and his butt and his little tail up in the air and the out the back. He's, and he's, and he's colored like he's, 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 he's like a skunk. <laughs> yeah. And that's what you, that smells like. I when think. that, when that skunk tail goes up, you better run. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Rami, I could talk to you forever and ever. Um, you're, you know what, I hope you can come back um sometime soon uh on out of the box with christine you're oh, welcome back anytime thank you talk about anything that you want um i'm gonna throw out your if you don't mind i'll throw out the the website and oh also i i don't want to uh, forget you also help people um uh, master intuition and 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 work with them on communicating with animals as well do you help train them or coach them on that yeah, I do. I have, I currently just have an online self-paced level one Beautiful. animal communication course. It's for, you know, the very basics, the foundation level. Um, and I do a few lives. I am available. Anyone, you know, I, what I'd love to do is to get into some of the, you know, the sanctuaries or and, and train the staff or the rescue centers in those types of places. So um, I have a um, course coming up, a live course coming up in Brisbane, probably September, and also bumped into that intuitive development, which is a great kind of lead into animal communication. So, yes, I do as much as I can. The year's kind of got away from me and I've done nothing so far this year, but I'm about to Oh, launch. yeah, you slacker. Slacker. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> COVID <laughs> threw me off. <laughs> oh, it threw all of us off, Don. Um, I'm going to throw, I'll throw out the website and also make sure folks, um, the link is going to be in the show notes uh, to this program, but it's uh, RamiBueller.com and that's R-O-M-M-I-E-B-U-H-L-E-R.com. Don't worry if you forgot the spelling of that or if you missed the spelling of it. The link will be in the show notes. Also, we'll put a link to Rummy's um uh your Instagram page, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd okay. be great. That'd be perfect. Thank you for having me, Christine. It's been oh, a pleasure. Thank you, love. Thank you so much. That was that was so much fun. And we had some family members come on the show. Yeah. That's that's unusual. Even better. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you so much also to our wonderful listeners. Oh my goodness. We're online on air and on demand. Thank you so much for our listeners of the podcast, which is available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. And also on YouTube. Thank you so very much for subscribing until next time. As I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Oh, and for more information about the podcast, go to out of the box with Christine.com. All right, everyone until next time. Thank you. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Rami. Thanks, Christine.